you're here. So this is season two where we're talking about 80s and 90s kids movies we grew up loving and sometimes fearing. We've reached the end, friends, the last movie in the conversation. We've talked creepy and sporty and karate, more karate than I thought we were going to talk about, and confusing. We left it all on the table. Not really. There's a lot more movies out there, but we've talked a lot, and it seems only fitting that we're ending the season with one last summer movie, my favorite type of kids flick. We've had several of these already. One last visit with the precocious, the wildly inappropriate, and almost complete lack of consequences. Today, we're talking about Camp Nowhere. Before, of course, we dive into our spoiler-filled recap, we're going to hit a few items on the lazy internet research. This was another one I couldn't find a ton. Um, A lot of it was just off of IMDb, in case you're interested. But up first, there is a bar named Camp Nowhere in North Providence, Rhode Island, uh, which is named and themed after the film. If this is true, I want to go there. (laughs) Jonathan Jackson's soap opera mother, Jeannie Francis and Jonathan Jackson plays Mud, the main character in the movie. His soap opera mother, Jeannie Francis, has a small role as Arnold's mother. Arnold is another camper at Camp Nowhere. Arnold's father is played by her real life husband, Jonathan Frakes. So I love how at one point in the movie, um, Mud is standing up talking to everybody. He's got a red t shirt on it. It says, Lucky. I was not a general hospital watcher or fan. I did watch the soap operas um with my mother not all of them i think we watched what's it called guiding light i think that was the one we watched feel and the bold and the beautiful on occasion because that's the one my grandma and grandpa watched um but general hospital jonathan jackson played a character named lucky i would like to believe that he wore that shirt specifically for that who knows if that's true by a strange coincidence two actors who appear in this film allison mack and andrew keegan would later quit acting to join slash start cults now what are the odds that you would have two future cult leaders in one (laughs) one movie uh it's just great the name of the fake computer camp used is binary pines computer camp someone claims that's a play on twin pines mall from back to the future 1985 why would that be relevant well because of course we have christopher lloyd in the movie who plays dennis the adult who helps them with their giant scheme that we'll talk about and he of course is emmett brown one of the best 1980s characters ever Walt Disney's Golden Oak Ranch, where the movie was mostly filmed, would later be the filming location of the opening scene of the movie's No Strings Attached in 2011. Uh, so you might recognize this this place, I guess. Um, let's see. The actor who plays the clerk at Howie's. So at one point in the movie, the kids are at a grocery store. Zach, played by Andrew Andrew Keegan, one of the cult leaders, he is attempting to use a fake ID to buy beer. That clerk uh, is Patrick Labreck, who played Dawson in the 1995 summer camp movie Heavyweights. So this kid has a lot of experience playing parts in summer camp movies. That was nonsensical, but that's okay. Heather Deloche, maybe is how you say her last name, who played the camper Eileen. Um, She is a firecracker. Um, My favorite part with her is at the very end, which we'll talk about when they're trying to deceive their parents for a second time. She does um, 
when the parents think they're coming to an acting camp at that point, she is very dramatically acting out on a stage. And it's, I think it's quite funny. Um, she was actually the B girl in Blind Melon's 1992 music video, No Rain. Love it. And Christopher Lloyd and Thomas Wilson, who appeared together in the Back to the Future movies, Wilson as Biff Tannen and Lloyd as Dr. Emmett Brown, reunite for Camp Nowhere. And we'll talk more about that as well. And that's all I really had for this for the lazy internet research not allowed out there. But who's ready for the spoiler-filled walkthrough of the movie? This one is going to be kind of short because a lot of the rising action, which we'll get to, doesn't really move the movie along. It's more about the kids. And I think that's why I like this movie so much. We'll get there. Let's just... Let's just dive into this, though. So it's the end of the school year. Summer is just around the corner, which can only mean one thing, summer camp. Our hero, our protagonist, our kid with the most spunk, Morris, a.k.a. Mud, I'll be calling him Mud through the rest of this, is dreading being shipped off to computer camp. He likes computers. They're fine, but it's not his main interest. He just wants a, a free summer where he can hang out with his friends and read comic books and just enjoy himself. So he's not looking forward to that. A few notes about the friends, uh, because they are kind of the linchpin of the whole thing. They help him, and they kind of help keep the campers together, sort of. Uh, they're immediately, they they seem to be um, a core bunch, at least outside of school hours, which is, is interesting. Communication at school is much different. They walk home after school together, but they don't really talk at school. You know how school is. So we have Zach played by Andrew Keegan, who is the bad boy. He pulls Mud into the school bathroom at one point in the guise of a swirly, uh, but the two are actually buds, and Zach runs interference for Mud with the other bullies. Because um, let's not sugarcoat it, Zach might be a marshmallow inside, but he's still a jerk, so of course he does that. Zach is being threatened with military camp by his dad, right? And then we have Trish, the popular girl, obviously has a crush on Zach, into fashion, is a bit of a ditz, she is on her way to acting camp. Not her cup of tea. She's over Rogers and Hammerstein. She's going to acting camp. And then finally we have Gabby. She kind of leans nerdy with mud. She's south of the popular crowd. Cute as a button. Likes food, which there's nothing wrong with that. And has a mom who thinks that she's fat. She is not fat. Just like in Now and Then, this drives me crazy when they call them chunky or, um, hey, if, if we had to kill someone uh, and eat them to stay alive, we would pick you because you would be able to sustain us the longest. I don't like that. These girls are not, they're not fat. Um, so she's worried about her daughter's weight. So mom's going to ship her off to, to fat camp, to skinny camp. I don't know. Become Skinny can't. That, that works. So the kids come up with this brilliant scheme. Find an insane adult who will pose as the camp counselor for similarly themed camps to the ones they're being sent to, pocket the money their parents put up for registration, and then rent their own camp for a couple of months for eight weeks, free to do whatever they want. Luckily, they have a ringer in their back pocket. On a trip to the mall, Mud sees this uh, brilliant eccentric cheese salesman and played by the one, the only, Christopher Lloyd, who then he finds out is also a, a former actor. Um, so they're like, hey, he can do this. It, we'll pay him. It'll be great. And so there we go. That's the plot. <laughs> 
Uh, you have a bunch of kids who want a summer all to themselves. You have a an, an actor who needs money who is willing to lie to these kids' parents, um, and they want to rent a, a camp somewhere and just have a good time, right? Uh, all of that works. The plan works by some miracle, except just about the whole school hears about the scheme and wants in. So now these four kids who thought they were going to have the summer together are now forced with the idea that the, almost the entire school has to go. Can they keep this uh, quiet? Can they keep this from getting caught? And just, I, I doubt it. A hormonal group of hormonal teenagers at a dilapidated camp without adult supervision just seems like the worst idea ever. You think it would have even seemed like a bad idea to the teens, but apparently not. A few questions before we get into the rising action. So when Zach, Trish, Gabby, and Mud walk home together after school, they kind of pan through the neighborhood, the camera pans through the neighborhood, and there are other kids shown doing the same. It's obvious they're friends. Wouldn't that hurt their reputations at school? At least Zach and Trish. It, it seems odd to me that they are not even attempting to hide that they hang out with Mud and Gabby when they treat them so very differently at school. That seems odd to me. Uh, Mud, played by Jonathan Jackson, has hands down one of the worst haircuts in any of the movies we have talked about this season. It's very distracting. I don't even know what to call it. It's like a, a bob. It's not a, maybe a bit of a mullet. Maybe a bit of a mullet. It's awful. It's awful. Watch this movie, if only to take a look at this haircut, because it's just, it's annoying. He is adorbs. He is adorable. I, I love him in this role. I think he does a fantastic job. His hair is awful, though. Uh, sadly, I have never been to a sleepaway summer camp. I think I might've talked to that, about that before. I went to a lot of athletic camps, but I never went to like a, a church camp or a YMCA camp where you had to go and, and sleep away for a while. Uh, but question, is it common for representatives of camps to do house visits to recruit attendees? This seems to be a common theme at the beginning of the movie, before they decide to pull off this scheme and before Mud has met Christopher Lloyd, he is forced to sit through a presentation by the legit computer camp about the summer and their activities and why he should come. Is that a thing? Do people come to houses trying to get your kids to go to camp? If, if that is true, please let me know. I would love to know the answer to that. Uh, one more, I think. Um, are there a lot of derelict campgrounds hanging around? They they found one very easily and it was fairly close to home. Is that a thing too? It just, I don't know. And I, this, what interests me so much about this movie, and I think what I enjoy about it so much is that this could not happen today. There is no way they could get by with this today. Kind of when you think about Home Alone, even though I know they're coming out with a new Home Alone that's kind of set during contemporary times. <laughs> not the 1980s, 90s, but um, nowadays this couldn't work because of internet and the amount of work that these kids would have had to do post-internet to pull this off would just have been immense. So they, they hit it at the sweet spot where they, they families couldn't really look anything up. 
Um, there, there wasn't cell phones yet, so it, it just worked out perfectly. And I think that's another reason why I love this movie because it is a snapshot of a time in a lot of ways. It just couldn't happen today. So that leads us to the rising action, the camp. And, and that is basically just kids causing chaos and wreaking havoc, living dangerously. Mud attempts to be the leader, but everybody just kind of walks all over him. Um, they want to, they're eager to blame him if something goes wrong, but they're not willing to listen to him to make sure everything goes okay. There's a lot of, uh, throwing things into fire. <laughs> There's a lot of setting things on fire. Uh, they poorly, they find out that Mud is keeping safe all of the money that their parents handed over for registration. They decide that they want to be able to hold on to their own money. It's got to last them the eight weeks, but they go and just spend it on some super frivolous things. There is no way with the things they bought, I think that they would have had any money left to eat. Uh, very similar to the don't tell mom the babysitter's dead situation. Um, but none of them go to get jobs, so whatevs. They make a lot of noise that draws the attention of residents that live nearby. Uh, and when mud then, so it's the 4th of July, which also makes me wonder, I, Indiana is so unique because we start school so early. The four, They don't appear to have been there terribly long before the 4th of July happened. So these kids, I guess, wouldn't start school till September. So it, it looks like they're there July and August. Um, but it's the 4th of July. They, of course, are using fireworks. They were able to go purchase fireworks. So that's something, I guess. Um, I, again, a different time. Mud accidentally burns himself and they have to go get Dennis, played by Christopher Lloyd, who is staying. He is at the camp, kind of there just in case. They're paying him to be there. They go and get Dennis uh, and he takes Mud to a doctor. Um, that's, and that's when we really get Christopher Lloyd back into the mix, which is when the movie really gets good because what he's doing in this movie, one day we are going to have to do a Christopher Lloyd appreciation week and we can rank his best performances. I think this is one of them, one of his best, his best. No, that hands down Doc Emmett Brown, but this one, he just, he shifts between characters. He is the actor who can pull a character out of thin air and portray that person. Uh, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's when we also meet the police officer that's going to be on their tail throughout the rest of the movie, played by the one and only Biff Tannen, responding to the previously mentioned noise complaints. We also find out that Dennis um, is being pursued by a gentleman. He had bought a car off of a, a, a very Southern man, guy with a very strong Southern accent, who he shorted him some money, and this guy's trying to hunt him down to get the rest of his money. Uh, but every, they pull it off. Dennis and Mud pull off getting away from the doctor, pull off getting away from the police officer, and they think, hey, you know, um, everything's going to be good the rest of the summer. Then it starts to rain, and the boredom sets in. And I, this is where I think kids, especially today, would have, well, maybe today they would have just brought their video games with them. But where it would really have caused some issues early, that kids get bored so early. And that is true. It is a true thing that, that teens have a short attention span. Um, and, and they often have trouble figuring out what to do for themselves. So it starts to rain. The kids start talking about just wanting to go home. That puts the the fabulous four in a panic, Mud, Gabby, Zach, and uh, Trish. 
because they know that if that happens, that they're going to get caught. They're going to get found out. So Dennis, or so Mud runs over to Dennis and begs him for help. Dennis steps in, creates like the Muddy Olympics, the kids' different um, events for the kids to participate in, in the mud and in the rain. And then he does shadow puppetry storytelling, which I thought was interesting. And they're all just enamored by it. See, kids still love stories. I love that too. That is That is so true that you could pull out a picture book in a teen room and start to read and kids would still love it. Um, but people like to be told stories. I love that. Don't you love that? I just love that. Then, uh, he also, Dennis also helps Zach who's out trying to use the fake ID to buy the beer. Um, so as he gets them out of that mess, they're all in his car. He's taking them back to the camp. And that's when the police officer is on their tail again. Um, the police officer thinks that he's looking for a particular guy that happens to be Dennis. Uh, but Dennis has made up several different names every time he sees this police officer. So they go through a car wash and, um, poor Dennis is on the outside of the car going through the car wash. <laughs> Again, some great physical comedy acting. Uh, then we, we know that Dennis has a crush on the doctor that had been helping mud with the burns. He bites her over for dinner. And, um, yeah, that's about, that's about the summer. It's a fast summer for these kids. Uh, the whole time though, and this is of course all leading to the climax, the whole time throughout the summer, they are writing letters to their parents talking about the spirit, the experiences at their respective camps. And they did smartly not give a different camp name for each kid. So there are the four camps, the computer camp, the military camp, the skinny fat camp, and the acting camp that the kids are all, everybody that has attended the camp fits into one of those. Well, now the parents, they're upset that they don't have a parent's day and they're kind of demanding, hey, we're just going to show up at the camp. So the kids decide in the ultimate part of the movie that they are going to set a parent day all on the same day, but stack when parents are supposed to arrive, get the parents in and out and all is going to be fine. Have them experience a little bit of what these kids are supposedly doing at their camps and move them along their way. Ingenious plan by Mud. Um, so first we have the military camp. Zach's dad shows up. They've dug some whole foxholes and they have simulations of gunfire and they convince him that he needs to, it's a training simulation. He needs to stay in the foxhole. So they got him taken care of. And then it's the, it's what's next. It's the I think maybe the skinny fat camp and they have them doing exercises and Dennis is participating in all of these as the camp counselor that had come to each of the kids houses to tell the parents about the camp. So he's kind of a Richard Simmons character at that point, <laughs> um, doing exercises and talking about nutrition. They get those parents squared away, those parents leave, and then comes in the acting parents. So th they're portraying, um, they they have the, they've set up a stage and they're going to do a stage production of Annie there but they have told the parents hey you're late it was actually started at this time you can only see the stage from the side that way they don't have to reveal that there's nobody else in the room with the kids who are standing on the stage pretending to do Annie they get those parents out of the way and then the final part is the computer camp and so there's these twins at the camp who like to play video games that are really violent, which is kind of fun. 
um, kind of like war games, to be honest. It reminded me a lot of that where they pretend to blow up different cities. And so they have TV screens and computer screens set up and the parents hear the kids talking through these simulations um, and this programming. And then they think they're in the clear. They think they have the computer parents out of there. Uh, but then the police officer, Biff Tannen, shows up and Mud's family kind of, wait, we want to see Mud. And they come back into the room and they see the kids celebrating what they think is their victory. Only to find out that no, that all is not what it seems. And that's when it, the whole plot kind of falls apart for these kids. Um, and then at that point, Dennis knows that he's the one that's going to get in trouble the most. He is the adult. He uh, manipulated and lied to these parents. And so he is trying to escape, but he gets caught. And then Mud and the kids step up and say, no, it is not his fault. This was all of us, all of us. And they took the blame. At the end, no one gets arrested. Dennis gets away scot-free, um, and and the parents ground the kids, but that is it. They're they're kind, they're thoughtful to them. I, I try to imagine this scenario, and I had I have great parents. I have great parents, uh, but if I had lied to them and weaseled that much money out of them as teenagers, they would not have reacted as calmly as these parents do. Uh, so. You can tell it's a Disney movie. You can tell it's a kid's movie uh, because these parents, these parents were like, eh, it's fine. You know, you were unsupervised for the entire summer and I lost $3,000, but good. All right. You're grounded for a while. The end. And that's the end of the movie. Sort of. I mean, you do, you see the, the core group um, solidify their, their friendship a little better. You see, Mud finally have a backbone and be able to speak up and defend himself. Um, but he finds his voice. Uh, there's some romances that Bud, Gabby ends up with Mud, Trish ends up with Zach. But it, I, I, it was again a story, one of those stories. The stories about the summer that kind of changes your life. And and I like this one so much because it's insane. There's no way these kids would have gotten away with it. Um, it's just on the other side of crazy, which is just a lot of fun. Um, but it shows the ingenuity of teens and how um, creative they can be. And when push comes to shove, that they can work together to get something done. And I think maybe maybe that's, we'll leave that with the life lesson, uh, that don't underestimate teenagers. Their brains might not be fully formed. They're, they still might be cooking and, and all those wires connecting in their brain, but they are ingenious and they're thoughtful and they're, they're eager. They're eager for what is next. And you can't underestimate that because they can do some amazing things. And hopefully they are harnessing that, those amazing things for good and not for bad. Uh, but also it would be great to live in a movie because there just seems to be very little consequences. I am glad that Christopher Lloyd got away scot-free because I just, I loved his character, but there is no way he, he doesn't get away with child endangerment. Just no way. So that's it. Uh, character recasting. No, no, don't recast anything. Um, I, I liked it all. The parents were just what they needed to be. All of the kids were excellent. You do get, okay, so Allison Mack is one of the campers. She has a few lines, the other cult leader. Uh, if you have not watched the documentary, The Vow, I think it's on HBO Max. It's it's mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing. Um, 
but she's there. She found fame on Smallville. You also have the first, I think the first um, feature film for Jessica Alba. She shows up as a camper as well. And she wasn't originally supposed to be a named camper, but they gave her a line and then thus I guess that meant she got a name as well. I don't know. And of course, Jonathan Jackson will go on to fame. Um, well, he was in Tech Everlasting. Maybe we should watch Tech Everlasting together at some point. But he was also in the TV show Nashville as Avery something. I think that was his name. So I would say keep the characters the way they are. The, the casting was pretty good, especially especially Christopher Lloyd. He did an amazing job with that. Does this or did this need a sequel? No. I don't think these kids would do anything that epically stupid again, at least not for the next five to ten years. And after that point, what's the fun? Um, maybe a sequel would be kind of fun to see what happens to Christopher Lloyd, who kind of rides off into the sunset with his new doctor girlfriend. But, but the plot itself, the campers itself, no. I, I don't think it needs a sequel. Rewatchability, yeah. I actually watched it two times. I watched it first thinking, oh, I'll just write down what I needed to write down. I forgot to do that because I got so into it. And then I had to watch it again and actually take my notes. So definitely rewatchable. But what do you think? Oh, Camp Nowhere. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you think it's as improbable as I do? Can you think of a scenario in which kids today would be able to pull this off with internet and smartphone. If you if you have an idea about that, I would love to hear that if you think a kid could pull that off today. But that is it for today. That is it for season two. Thank you so much for listening. Really, it is so appreciated. Um, I'm kind of astounded that I've, I've completed two seasons. <laughs> next season we are going to do i'm going to take a couple weeks off uh there will be um a quick visit where we do a bob hoskins appreciation week coming up soon uh just i have a hankering to talk about bob hoskins for some reason and then we will dive into season three where we're going to talk about movie musicals it'll just be 10 episodes we're going to cut these seasons down make them a little more accessible for listeners, more accessible for me so that I don't get stuck in a topic for too, too long. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of lists in season three, which I'm kind of excited about. A little change in the format, at least for a season. And then after season three, I, we have another appreciation week. I think it's Dolly Parton, if I am remembering correctly. And then we're going to talk about the Muppets, which... I can talk about Jim Henson all day long. I won't do it now. We'll save that for season four, but season three will be coming up soon. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've got the time, rating and reviewing the podcast would be awesome. Sharing it with people. If you think that they wouldn't be totally annoyed by my voice, that would be wonderful if you would love to share that. Uh, and you can always follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at M and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today and I will see you soon. Thank you.